This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service and distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, it's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today. The following episode may contain language that is not suitable for certain listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I'm your host, Chibeze Anakor, and on this episode, we'll be talking about the most anticipated animation, tech, and gaming for 2021 in our first episode of 2021. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Welcome to the first episode of the Cells and Circuits podcast for 2021. Happy New Year um, if this is your first time joining. And if you've been down from the beginning, thank you. And also Happy New Year to you as well. Um, Just a quick housekeeping note before we get started. Um... Starting with this episode, episode 23, um, we will be dropping episodes every Saturday. Um, and yeah, it's, or, the, or the Cells and Circuits podcast is now becoming a weekly podcast once again. Um, I know we started out as a weekly podcast, but then we had to loosen up the release schedule. Um, so I'm trying to get back into a more consistent release schedule for you, the viewers, or not viewers, um, for you, the listeners. I should also say that none of the content that you're about to hear in this episode was edited. I could not find the energy to edit this episode 
with everything that just transpired within the past 48 hours at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. My hearts go out to every innocent person whose lives were disrupted that day. Um, And so, yeah, um, all of the content that you're about to hear is completely unedited. So if you see a shift in quality from what I usually produce here on the show, that's why. Thank you. And without further ado, um, let's get into it. So um, with this being the first episode of 2021, I want to talk about my most anticipated animation for this year. So, um, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to this year, and um, I personally can't wait for any of the stuff that I'm about to mention. Um, and if I do mention any dates, um, they're subject to change. So um, just be mindful of that. But first up, um, let's talk about the most anticipated new cartoon series of 2021. Um, and so... There's a lot of um, good American animation coming out uh, this year, so um, I want to highlight that. Um, So first up is Star Wars The Bad Batch. Um, That was confirmed last year after the series finale of Star Wars The Clone Wars. So it's nice to see that we're getting that spinoff Um, And I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, Dee Bradley Baker, who voices um, all of the clones in uh, the Clone Wars. He's definitely going to be making bank from this series. So, um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I love the Clone Wars as a kid. um, And I still love it, you know, even up until last year um, when the series ended. I still watched it, you know, very faithfully. So, so very much looking forward to Star Wars The Bad Batch. Um, up next, we have Marvel Studios' What If? Um, and so that is an animated series made by Marvel Studios, which makes the Marvel movies. Instead of uh, Marvel Television, which, I mean, is now defunct, but also um, just made the uh, television series like the Netflix series and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter and um, and just like all of the uh, Marvel uh, television stuff that we've seen up until now. Um, with, you know, WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So now Marvel Studios, the movie company, is taking over um, the television side of Marvel as well. Um, And I talked about that in the uh, Deadpool cartoon segment a few episodes ago. So if you missed that, um, go and listen to that episode. But 
I'm very much um, excited for Marvel Studios What If because it um, basically, or as the name implies, um, it um, allows you to see what could have been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and also, it'll probably feature one of Chadwick Boseman's final performances. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. And I'm very much looking forward to uh, Marvel Studios' What If. And I should also mention both... Um, what if and Star Wars The Bad Batch are coming to Disney Plus? So be on the lookout for that. And so next up is Aquaman King of Atlantis. Um, this was announced, I believe, in 2019 um, as one of the titles that will be coming to HBO Max. Um, and. Um, it's scheduled for this year on HBO Max, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Warner Brothers has produced a lot of quality DC cartoons um, over the years. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Aquaman King of Atlantis. Um, and then next up is a show that looks similar to those uh, Warner Brothers created DC cartoons um, of the past, um, and that's Invincible. So Invincible um, is, is coming to Amazon Prime later this year, um, and it's based on a comic book of the same name, and... From the trailer that I saw of it, it looks very, um, it looks very reminiscent of, um, those, um, DC cartoons, and it looks like it's a more, um, adult animated, um, action series, um, and it has a, a very star-studded cast, um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to Invincible, um, and yeah, I'll be on the lookout for that when it comes to Amazon Prime later this year. And so next up, um, we have Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, and this is one that, or, and this is a rare case of a Marvel cartoon that isn't existing to just promote a movie um because after the disney acquisition of marvel um most if not all of the marvel cartoons that have come after that have existed to promote a movie um in the marvel cinematic universe um so but moon girl and devil dinosaur is one that doesn't have a movie attached to it. So that's very rare to see in the Marvel space. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And I believe Lawrence Fishburne 
um, is also um, producing this. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty hyped for it. Um, it's coming to Disney Channel, I believe. Um, so, yeah, um, looking forward to that. Um, and I will definitely be watching that um, to see how it is. Um, and so next up we have Jellystone and Jellystone is basically about the animals of the Hanna-Barbera, um, universe, um, <laughs> if you will. And, um, I mean, it'll feature some of the iconic characters, um, and so... I'm highly looking, or I'm very much looking forward to Jellystone um, as a, as a, like, you know, Cartoon Network watcher back in the early days um, when I was a kid, when they would air the Hanna-Barbera cartoons a lot, um, you know, I you know, grew an attachment to those characters. So I'm very much looking forward to Jellystone. Um, and that is coming to HBO Max later this year. So, so I'll be on the lookout for that. And I hope you will be too. Um, and then last but not least for this sec or for this section is one that might come this year, but I'm not sure. Um, and that is Gendy Tartakovsky's Unicorn Warriors Eternal, which was just announced a few months ago, actually. Um, and that will um, be coming to Cartoon Network and HBO Max. Um, I don't know if it's going to come this year. I think that we may see a first look of it at like Comic-Con or something, whether it's virtual or in person. Um, but I don't think that we'll get the full um, show this year. I think that may come in 2022, but I could be wrong and I would love to be wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean... Uh, Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Just look out for that um, when it comes to Cartoon Network and HBO Max. Um, and so next up, um, we have the most anticipated new anime series of 2021. And so the first three of these will actually be Toonami Originals. Um, and so... You know, as a Toonami fan, um, like I still watch Toonami religiously. Um, sometimes I watch it live. Sometimes I just DVR it and watch it the morning after. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, um, so first up we have Uzumaki, um, which. I believe is going to be four episodes and it's going to be a black and white anime series that um, adapts the um, Junji Ito manga of the same name. So, um, yeah, I'm 
I'm very much looking forward to that, um, to see what, um, to see how they do that, um, how that adaptation will work because, uh, the Junji Ito collection, uh, anime from like a couple of years back, um, it wasn't very good, but, um, so I'm hoping that this will be a lot better, um, and yeah, um, it will be produced by, uh, Production IG, and it's, it's gonna be a Toonami original, um, um, so it's a collaboration with Adult Swim. Um, so be on the lookout for that when it comes to Toonami on Adult Swim later this year. And then next up is Fena Pirate Princess, which was announced um, lat or it was announced a few months ago. Um, I believe it was at Adult Swim Con. Yeah, Adult Swim Con, because it wasn't at the festival. Um, so it was announced at Adult Swim Con last year um, during the Toonami edition. Um, and it's um, going to be directed by um, the guy who directed Be the Beginning, which um, I'm not going to lie, that made me a bit worried about it, but. I'm hoping that those worries will come to pass um, and the show will actually be good. Um, so if you missed um, my coverage on Fena Pirate Princess, um, I encourage you to go listen to that episode uh, on um, Adult Swim Con um, because I talked about it a bit more in that episode so be on the lookout for fena pirate princess later this year and that is going to be a crunchy roll and adult swim production so be on the lookout for that on crunchy roll and on toonami on adult swim um and then next up we have blade runner black lotus um, which I also talked about in the Adult Swim Con section or, or segment of a previous episode. So um, seriously, go listen to that if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a, a Blade Runner. It's a CG anime um, that's being um, created by... Uh, Solar or Sola Digital Arts and I believe Production IG as well. Um, I could be mistaken though. Um, I could be wrong though. Um, but yeah, that or this one is also going to be a uh, Crunchyroll and Adult Swim uh, production. So um, be on the lookout for that. Um, Though what I am sad to see is that uh, Flying Lotus will not be uh, returning to produce the music for Blade Runner Black Lotus because um, he produced the uh, music for uh, Blade Runner Blackout 2022, um, which came out on Crunchyroll um, a couple of years ago. So 
So, yeah, I'm a bit sad about that. Um, but, uh, or I'm a bit disappointed um, in that. But other than that, um, I, I'm hoping that it'll still be a very good show regardless. Um, so, Blade Runner, Black Lotus, uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, that's going to be coming to Crunchyroll and Toonami on Adult Swim later this year. And then... Um, next up we have Shaman King, um, which is a reboot of an anime that came out in the early 2000s. Um, it's a second adaptation of the manga of the same name, which if I remember correctly, um, switched publishers. Um, so it's no longer in Shonen Jump anymore, um... So we'll see how that um, affects the um, anime um, and also, um, well, yeah, we'll see how that affects the anime. But other than that, um, I mean, it shouldn't really affect it that much, if at all. But other than that, um, I mean, I liked the Shaman King anime of the early 2000s. I watched it. On the Fox box, which later became Four Kids TV, um, and I, it was one of my favorite things to watch on Saturday mornings. So um, I'm very much looking forward to the Shaman King reboot, which is coming in April of this year. I don't know which platforms it'll be coming to, um, so we'll be on the lookout for that. But next up um, is basically Netflix originals. Um, and so the first one, the most obvious one of the Netflix original anime that I'm looking forward to is Yasuke. Um, and that is being directed by LaShawn Thomas, who um, directed um canon busters which came out in like what 2019 um and then also um um he directed the children of ether short um that came to crunchyroll which i'm kind of salty that nothing ever came out of that but uh anyway <laughs> um I'm very much uh, looking forward to uh, Yasuke, and unlike Blade Runner Black Lotus, Flying Lotus will actually be producing the music for um, for Yasuke. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to um, Yasuke, um, and I will be doing a watch party of that series when it comes out, so... Uh, stay tuned for details on that, but Yasuke is coming later this year to Netflix. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to that. Um, and then next up is Pacific Rim The Black. And um, so Pacific Rim, um, well, I liked uh, both Pacific Rim movies that uh, came out, so um, I'm very glad to see that we're finally getting an anime series because uh, the director, uh, Guillermo del Toro, 
um, had previously said, I believe it was after the first movie, that he would like to create uh, or that he would like to see an anime um, made for that franchise. So I'm glad that's finally happening. Um, and um, Pacific Rim the Black is, ooh, excuse me, going to be produced by um, Polygon Pictures. I believe so. Um, they've been doing some pretty great stuff over the years, um, and they've been improving their craft with every single creation from um, Ronia, the robber's daughter, all the way up to their most recent production of uh, the Transformers uh, War for Cybertron trilogy. Like, their animation has just been getting better and better. And if you watch Polygon Pictures works, you will definitely see that. So, yeah, very excited for Pacific Rim the Black. It's coming later this year to Netflix. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Next up is Godzilla Singular Point. So, um, Godzilla Singular Point... Um, is actually a collaboration between uh, two anime studios that are very highly respected, and those are Bones, um, which, you know, is famous for um, creating many popular series like My Hero Academia, uh, Space Dandy, uh, Full Metal Alchemist series, Soul Eater, and so many others. And then Orange is um, most famous for producing B-Stars. Um, and the animation quality from Orange was very highly praised um, for B-Stars. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what um, both of these studios bring to the table um when they collaborate um on godzilla singular point um so i will definitely be on the lookout for that and that's coming later this year to netflix um and yeah uh, so next up is eden um which um is which is a sci-fi anime series um that's um, being created by Cubic Pictures, um, which I'm not too familiar with their works, um, but I do know that it's being directed by uh, Yasuhiro Irie, or who um, was involved in uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, which is one of my favorite anime series of all time. So very highly... Um, anticipating some good stuff um from this series but or and i hope i'm not wrong but we'll see um and eden is coming later this year to netflix and then last but not least um is spriggan um which is being done by david productions which um um, which did the animation for Fire Force and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, so, 
Um, Spriggan is an adaptation of the manga of the same name. Um, and that is coming later this year to Netflix as well. Um, and then, so, that concludes the most anticipated new anime series. Um, so now, uh, we have the most anticipated continuing cartoon series of 2021. Um, and... First up is um, Young Justice. Um, I am currently making my way through uh, seasons one and two of Young Justice with my girlfriend. Uh, we're both watching um, that together. Um, and then we'll also watch season three. Um, and that will be very new material to me. Uh, I'm not sure how much of it my girlfriend has seen, but um, since I never uh, subscribed to DC Universe, um, I never got to see season three of Young Justice. But now that it's on HBO Max, and HBO Max will be the de facto streaming service for all DC content moving forward, um, I do think that, um, uh, Young Justice, um, will definitely have a great home on HBO Max. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Young Justice season four on HBO Max. Um, and I'm hoping that comes this year, um, though no release date has officially been announced but yeah, um, and speaking of DC cartoons, um, Harley Quinn is the next one up, um, and that is getting um, a season three on HBO Max. Now, a definitive release date hasn't been announced yet, but I'm very much looking forward to uh, season three of Harley Quinn. Um and I'm hoping that comes this year as well. Um, but I don't know if it's going to come this year. Um, but Harley Quinn was a pretty funny um, and er, cartoon series. Um, and like I watched it on uh, Sci-Fi last year for season one. And then HBO Max for season two. Um Whew, excuse me. Um, and it's just, it's very funny. It takes um, all of the DC characters and just, you know, has fun with them. Um, and that's something that um, you don't really get to see um, a lot with uh, superhero um, stuff, you know, that isn't just like purely a satire um cartoon um so yeah i mean harley quinn um it's, it's great um highly recommend it um and it's on hbo max um and hopefully season three comes this year to hbo max as well um next up is solar opposites which i just recently finished season one of um and Solar Opposites um, 
it's a uh, cartoon by uh, Justin Roiland and one other guy um, whose name I can't um, remember, but um, Justin Roiland is one of the co-creators of Rick and Morty. Um, so if you liked that show, um, I'm pretty confident that you would like Solar Opposites, but um yeah i mean season one was pretty great um and i'm very much looking forward to season two um and that is coming march 26th to hulu um no word on an international release on star um on disney plus so um be on the lookout for that if you're outside of the u.s um but yeah, um, very much looking forward to Solar Opposites Season 2. And then last up is a show that I don't know if we're going to see Season 2 of this year. Um, and that is Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal. Um, season 1 just wrapped up um, in November of last year. Um, and... It was one of my um, favorites of last year as well. So um, all 10 episodes have officially been aired on Adult Swim. Um, so if you're looking on demand, if you have cable um, on Adult Swim, um, you may be able to find all 10 episodes. Um, and I'm not sure when... Uh, the last five episodes of season one will be added to HBO Max, but I do know that the first five episodes are already on HBO Max. So um, if you want to get a taste of Primal, I highly recommend watching it. Um, and it's just, it's such a great series with no dialogue um, that um, talks about like... Um, a guy named Spear and a female dinosaur uh, named Fang. So, um, and they both um, share a common theme of loss. Um, and so like, you know, um, because they're bonded by that common theme of, you know, losing loved ones, um, they both, um, you know, team up to just survive this um, primordial world. Um, and it's a very visually stunning and just a very powerful uh, series that um, I'm very much looking forward to uh, season two of and... Um, it was originally supposed to be a limited series, but um, I'm glad that it got a uh, renewal of or for a second season. So be on the lookout for that, um, which um, I don't know if it's going to come this year. But yeah, be on the lookout um, on Adult Swim for that. Um, and that concludes the most anticipated cartoon series or continuing cartoon series of 2021 um and so next up is most anticipated continuing anime series of 2021 
And um, first up on my list, which should surprise no one, is My Hero Academia. Um, I mean, what can I say about My Hero Academia? I mean, if you're not watching it, please do. Um, It's a great anime series um, from Bones um, that adapts the manga of the same name. Um, So... Highly um, recommend watching My Hero Academia if you haven't already. Um, And I'm looking forward to season five of that show. Um, And then next up is Dr. Stone season two, which um, is coming this month uh, to Crunchyroll. And I believe, uh, er, and I don't know when it's going to come to Funimation um, in dubbed form, um, but I will definitely keep an eye on that. Um, I liked Dr. Stone season one. Um, it was, or it used science to, uh, tell, you know, the story of a shonen anime in a very, um, in a very unique way. So, very much looking forward to uh, season two. And then last up, which um, this is a series that's um, currently in progress, um, but its English dub debut will be tonight um, on the release date of this episode. Um, and that is Attack on Titan uh, season four, which will be the final season. So... Um, Attack on Titan, um, like, um, I've been re-watching it, um, with my girlfriend, um, and, yeah, I definitely see, like, the hype, um, and why, um, why this, uh, final season is just so hyped, even though it's a different studio producing it, um, or producing season four, um, I'm still very much looking forward to it, and I'm hoping MAPPA, or is it MAPPA, I don't know, um, but I'm hoping that they keep the quality up, um, and yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen Attack on Titan already, please watch it via streaming, um, I know it's on Funimation, Crunchyroll, um, Hulu, um, and I don't know if any seasons beyond season one are on Netflix, um, but, um, other than that, um, yeah, um, Attack on Titan season four, the English dub of that comes out tonight, um, at 1230 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on Toonami on Adult Swim, so, um, so watch that, um, if you have access to cable or live TV, um, and if you don't have access to cable or live TV, then you can watch it tomorrow on Funimation, um, but yeah, um, and so next up is the most anticipated animated films of 2021, and First up is uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, um, which um, is from Disney Animation Studios, and that's coming out 
um, March 5th, I believe, um, in theaters and on Disney Plus with premiere access. So you'll um, most likely have to uh, pay an additional fee um, on top of your Disney Plus subscription uh, to see that movie. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to wait it out for like three months until it actually becomes um, free for Disney Plus subscribers. But um, but yeah, um, Ryan the Last Dragon, it has a... Uh, um, it definitely has an Avatar-ish vibe to it um story wise um it's kind of like a fusion of well no um yeah it pretty much just has an avatar vibe story wise so very much looking forward to that um and then next up is uh diary of a wimpy kid um and the live action movies for that were pretty good um and so um i'm interested in seeing what an animated a diary of a wimpy kid looks like um and we saw a little bit of or we saw a little bit of footage from it um at the disney investor day uh last month so yeah i mean um and from the looks of it, I mean, I think Blue Sky may be animating it, but I could be wrong. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to Diary of a Wimpy Kid. So be on the lookout for that. It's coming to Disney Plus later this year. Um, and then last but not least, um, before we close out the segment, I just want to mention... Um, the miscellaneous um, animated stuff that's coming out this year. Um, and um, I only have one thing, which is Star Wars Visions. And that is an anime anthology um, based in the Star Wars universe. So think the Animatrix, um, but Star Wars instead of the Matrix. Um, and... Um, with each short being um, produced by a different Japanese anime director. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm hoping that my favorite anime director, Shinichiro Watanabe, who um, was behind Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, and Space Dandy, um, and Carolyn Tuesday, um, I'm hoping that he um, directs one of these shorts that's part of this anthology. Um, but we shall see about that. Um, Star Wars Visions is coming later this year to Disney+. Plus, So I will definitely be on the lookout for that. But what do you all think? Um... Do you think that there's something that I'm missing that I should be um, hyped for um, in in 2021? Um, what do you think of all of the um, animated series and movies that I've mentioned? Um, are there any that you are looking out for 
Um, is there anything I didn't mention that you're looking out for? Um, let me know on social media or on Discord. I will have an all my links link to that in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And we can continue the conversation there. But yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be talking about the most anticipated tech in 2021. And then after that, we'll get into the most anticipated things in gaming for 2021. The Cells and Circuits podcast will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Yubico. Yubico sets new world standards for simple, secure login, preventing unauthorized access to computers, servers, and internet accounts. Their YubiKey is a physical security key using two-factor authentication to protect your accounts. As more of us continue to work from home, it is more important than ever to protect your secure information. So, what can you do to protect your accounts? Well, Yubico is offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase of $100 or more using the code POD at Yubico.com. That's code P-O-D at Y-U-B-I-C-O dot com. Say hello to the YubiKey and goodbye to account takeovers. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Did you know that we now have a merch store? It's true. In partnership with Bonfire, we've launched the Cells and Circuits shop where you can find t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. So hit the link in the show notes to visit the Cells and Circuits shop and start getting your merch today. It really does help out the show. Thanks for your support, and now, back to the show. Alright, so next up is the most anticipated tech of 2021. Um, so there are a lot of tech products um, that will be coming out this year. Um, And we're already starting to see some um, new ones at CES, um, or at least the virtual version of CES. So um, I'm going to talk about some of my most anticipated tech for this year. Um, And so first up is most anticipated smartphones of 2021. Um, And so my first one... I mean, which should be pretty obvious, um, is the Google Pixel 6. Um, I have a Pixel 5 right now, um, and I used to own a Pixel 3, so um, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing um, what all Google adds into the Pixel 6. Um, line of phones um, and whether or not we'll get an XL variant um, for this year because we didn't get one in 2020 Um, but um, I am interested in seeing what Google um, brings to the table 
Um, especially when you compare them to the Samsungs and the Apples of the world. Um, I'm interested in seeing if they'll upgrade their camera hardware. Um, I'm interested in seeing what their um, um, what the processor is going to be and what um, and what software features that Google adds to the pixel because um, you know every year Google comes out with some uh, pixel exclusive features on their phones. So I'm very interested in um, seeing what they have to offer. But yeah, um, I'll definitely be looking out for the Pixel 6 when it comes out later this year. And then next up is Samsung's phone lineup of 2021. So, um, and I say that because, um, I mean, a lot of uh, tech enthusiasts um, have been like predicting that uh, the or last year's Samsung's or last year's Samsung uh, Galaxy Note Twenty um, would be the last of the uh, Galaxy Note line, um, and the Note line has normally been one of uh, Samsung's uh, highest end ultra phone lineups, um, but. With the uh, Galaxy Fold series and like the Z Fold 2 and the Z Flip um, both being um, either more expensive than or at the same price as the Galaxy Note and the Samsung Galaxy S series um, having pretty much 95% of what the Note series has, um, you know, minus the S Pen and S Pen exclusive features. Um, um, I could definitely understand if Samsung just kills the Note brand um, or um, transitions it over into the Samsung Z Fold series. Um, and so, like, the $2,000 uh, Samsung Z Fold 3, we'll say, um, could have an S Pen in it. And then that'll become, you know, the phone when you want it, a tablet when you, or excuse me, a tablet when you want it, a phone when you need it. Um, and... Um, and it will be one that you can write on, um, but it has, or but the screen has to be like you know durable enough for a pen. So um, I'm definitely interested in seeing what Samsung does for this year because they've always been on the bleeding edge in terms of smartphone tech. Um, so yeah, uh, Samsung phone lineup for 2021. Very interested in it, and I'll. Um, keep an eye out for it. And then last but not least, and this is a phone that I'm less interested in um, because I'm definitely uh, not an Apple fanboy. Um, like 
the only Apple product I have to my name is an iPod Touch. Um, so <laughs> that tells you how big of an Apple fan I am. Um, but anyway, um, the iPhone 13 series um, is something that I'm looking forward to this year um, because Apple tends to... Um, influence the tech industry um and so i'm curious to see what kinds of features that um they add to the iphone 13 series um and whether or not this new iphone will be portless or not because um they just released uh, MagSafe with the iPhone 12 series. Um, and I think that's just to get people used to MagSafe charging um, so that they can, you know, finally have a justification for removing the lightning port, um, which is Apple's charging port. Um, from the iPhone and it will just have a portless iPhone. Um, and so I don't know if that's going to happen this year or maybe next year or the year after that, but, um, I guess we'll see. Um, so definitely looking out for the iPhone 13 series, even if I'm not going to get one, um, I'm interested in seeing how it you know, helps move, you know, smartphone tech forward. Um, all right. And so next up um, are my most anticipated computers of 2021. Um, and then so going on with the Apple uh, theme um, from the iPhones, um, we're going to talk about the Apple Silicon Max, or at least the remaining ones that they haven't already upgraded to Apple Silicon. Uh, so just two months ago, uh, just about, um, uh, we got um, the first Apple M1 uh, Max in the um, MacBook Air, um, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini. So all three of those uh, transitioned away from Intel um, into the Apple M1 chip. And um, if you go to any tech reviewers um, YouTube videos based on um, or based on their impressions, um, like, you know, those M1 chips have pretty much blown um, the previous Intel chips out of the water um, and even bringing like and bringing that kind of performance down um, in price like people were um, you know reporting that they had saved like thousands of dollars on um, on Mac hardware um, because of that um, and so and those are only like the entry level um, Macs, um, like the 13 inch MacBook Pro, the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini. Um, all of those are entry level. So I'm interested in seeing what 
Apple does with a more high-end um, chip um, of their own um, to put in devices like, you know, an iMac or an iMac Pro or um, or a Mac Pro or a MacBook Pro, the bigger 16-inch one. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely interested in seeing what um, or what those will look like. They'll, or chances are, they'll probably look the same um, as the uh, current Intel versions of those models. Um, but we may see some upgrades, um, hardware-wise, up too. And we could see a redesign this year. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, and then uh, next up is the Google Pixel Book 2. Um, and so for me, I mean, I love my Google Pixel Book. Um, I think it is, or I think it has fantastic hardware. Um, and I like that it runs Chrome OS rather than Windows because Windows can be a pain in the fucking ass sometimes. Um, so, uh, I would very much like, um, I would very much like a Google Pixel Book 2. Um, and even though Google hasn't announced that... Is a portable laptop tablet hybrid computer developed by Google, which runs Chrome OS. And, and yep, there it is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Assistant has just um, been freaking out um, on my phone. But anyway, um, back to the Pixel Book 2. Um, Google definitely hasn't had any or hasn't mentioned any plans to um, release a Pixelbook 2. Um, but I'm hoping that it happens because since I have the 2017 Pixelbook, um, I think we're long overdue for a sequel, especially since the uh, Pixelbook Go um, didn't exactly, um, live up to, like, my expectations. Like, it's still, you know, a good computer, but, um, but yeah, it, it didn't live up to my expectations as, like, a successor to the 2017 Pixelbook. So, um, I am hoping that, um, that uh, the Google hardware team um, just you know makes a Pixelbook 2 because I will shell out top dollar for that. Um, um, and so yeah, um, the Google Pixelbook 2. Um, I'm definitely hoping that comes out, um, especially also with. Um, the rumors last year that Google would make their own processors um, for both Pixel phones and Pixel books. Um, 
Like, it just seems like that would be, you know, a logical step for them to have um, a Pixelbook 2 with their own chip inside of it. Um, I think that would just make a lot of sense. Um, you know, have having that kind of Apple-like strategy, um, I think that would be very... Um, smart of them to do. Um, and I think I'm not the only person who would like a Google Pixel Book 2. Um, so, yeah. Um, here we go again. Oh, man. The assistant is going to be <laughs> um, talking over me. Um, but anyway, um, now we can go into my most anticipated software of 2021. Um, and so first up would be Google Stadia for Google and Android TV. Um, I know that uh, the Stadia team caught a lot of flack um, for, um, for Stadia not being on the Chromecast with Google TV at launch. Um, and I mean, you know, and like, I already did a, um, I already did like some, um, coverage on that. Um, so if you uh, missed those episodes, um, please go back to the, uh, launch night in and the bias in, uh, gaming journalism, uh, segments because, um, both of those things cover uh, um, the lack of Stadia for Google and Android TV. Um, so, yeah, check those out. Um, but, yeah, uh, Stadia for Google and Android TV is scheduled for the first half of 2021. Um, I'm hoping that it comes um, in... Q1 rather than Q2. Um, so, you know, uh, at the latest, I'm hoping that it's closer to April, but, um, you know, it could be closer to July um, or as late as uh, the end of June. But I'm hoping that it doesn't take that long, um, but we'll see. And now... For another Google app that um, doesn't, or, or that is kind of whose omission from um, platforms like uh, Google and Android TV is a bit more egregious than Stadia, in my opinion, um, that is YouTube Music. Um, YouTube Music launched on May 22nd, 2018. So this year will be the three-year anniversary of YouTube Music. Um, and yet it still does not have a uh, Google or Android TV app, um, which at this point is honestly unacceptable. Um, I mean... At least with Stadia, um, it came out in November of 2019. So it's only been um, almost 14 months since um, Stadia came out. So it's kind of understandable that um, 
um, that Google hasn't put um, a Stadia app for Android TV out yet. Um, but when you've had almost three years um, to do that, um, especially for Google and Android TV and Wear OS um, in that regard, too, um, you know, that's that's not good. Um, that's not good at all. So I do hope that uh, YouTube music comes to Google slash Android TV and Wear OS this year because, I mean, yeah, it's or those apps are way, way overdue. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that YouTube music um, comes to uh, Google and Android TV and Wear OS because YouTube music is actually my... Um, my music streaming service of choice. I switched over from Spotify and, um, or I switched over from Spotify last year. Um, and they've been slowly or not slowly, but they've been adding features to it, um, in the past year. So, um, so it's only going to get better, but yeah. Um, I do hope that those apps, for uh, Android TV and Wear OS comes sooner rather than later. Um, and then next up is uh, xCloud for Windows. Um, now, um, Microsoft, in my opinion, didn't catch enough flack for not having um, xCloud on Windows at launch. I mean, Stadia caught hell from the gaming community for not being on the Chromecast with Google TV at launch. But yet Microsoft kind of seemed to get away with not having xCloud for Windows, which is just, I mean, it just makes me really question the uh, gaming community at times. Um, and, you know, it, it's just like seeing um, Microsoft get away with something that Google caught hell for. Um, like, honestly, it makes me, um, I mean, like, honestly, it makes me ashamed of the gaming community. Like, just straight up, um, the gaming journalist and influencer communities um, in particular. Um, but, that being said, I do hope that xCloud for Windows comes this year. Um, and then also um, xCloud for iOS. I hope that comes this year as well because literally all of xCloud's competitors now have solutions for Apple devices. Amazon Luna had it at launch. Um, NVIDIA GeForce Now just added it um, a few weeks ago, and Google Stadia just added it a few weeks ago. So xCloud is kind of the only one left. Um, so I do hope that um, it comes sooner rather than later as well. And then um, last but not least, I'll talk about my most anticipated tr tech trends. 
of 2021. Um, and so, um, First up is the rise of ARM-based computers. So um, um, with the Apple Silicon Macs um, being so well-received, um, I am interested in seeing what um, or how Microsoft and how Google will respond um, with Windows and Chrome OS respectively. Um, I do hope to see more ARM-based um, computers um, coming from um, Windows and Chrome OS manufacturers, um, and then we can, and then we, the consumers, um, can get more powerful machines because of that. Um, so uh, next up, um, I don't know if this is going to come this year. Or maybe it will be a next year thing, but I do hope for lower priced foldable phones. Um, you know, foldable phones have pretty much, or there hasn't been a single foldable phone under $1,000. Um, so if we can at least, um, if we can at least cross that threshold, um, that'll be a step in the right direction. Um, but we shall see. Um, and then finally, uh, more competition in the budget smartphone space. So, um, the budget smartphone space really started to heat up, um, last year with options from OnePlus with their Nord series. Of course, you had the Pixel 4a. Um, from Google, and then you had um, the iPhone SE from Apple, um, and then you had, of course, um, options from brands like Samsung and Motorola, um, and so I am hoping for more uh, competition in the budget smartphone space, especially here in North America, because um, historically we hadn't really gotten um, many, uh, budget smartphones, um, you know, here in the U.S., um, you know, within the, like, um, like $100 to, like, $400, uh, price tier. Um, so I am very much looking forward to, um, being able to recommend, uh, those phones to most people, um, because, you really don't have to spend like, you know, six hundred, seven hundred dollars, um, or even upwards of a thousand dollars on the latest uh, smartphones if you're not really going to use a lot of the power that those smartphones afford you. So, um, yeah, very excited for more competition in the budget smartphone space. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this segment. Let me know what you think of, of my most anticipated tech of 2021. Do you think there's something that I missed and something that should be on my radar that isn't currently? Um, do you or are you excited for any of the things that I listed? Um, let me know what your thoughts are. 
on social media or on Discord, and we can continue the conversation there. But yeah, I'll um, see you in the next topic. Up next, we'll be talking about the most anticipated things in gaming for 2021. The Cells and Circuits podcast will be right back. Are you a small business looking for a financial platform to do business on? Check out Payment, the first Black-owned financial platform where you can do things like sending invoices, accepting payments, and more features will be added in the future. If you watch Trigger Warning with Killer Mike on Netflix, you know that money stays within the black community for an average of six hours compared to the days and sometimes weeks that other communities get. So if you want to bring or keep money in the black community, join Payment, that's P-E-Y-M-Y-N-T, at the affiliate link in the show notes today. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Want to support the show without having to buy any merch? Well, you can do that by buying us a coffee. All it takes is just one U.S. dollar to help support the show. So click the link in the show notes or go to ko-fi.com slash Cells and Circuits to help make the Cells and Circuits podcast a better show for you. Welcome back, and now it's time to get into my most anticipated things in gaming for 2021. Um, And there are a lot of, you know, good games to look forward to. I mean, of course, there's like, you know, the new uh, Horizon game um, for PlayStation. There's a new um, God of War game uh, that people are looking forward to, but I'm no... um, tell you uh, the four games that I'm most um, that I'm most uh, or that I'm looking forward to the most in 2021 so first up is actually a game that's coming out um, a week from today as I'm recording this Um, and so um, by the time it's released it'll be five days away Um, and that game is Scott Pilgrim versus the world um is or this is a re-release um it was originally released on PC the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 um but now um it's getting a re-release for the previous gen consoles and PC um and the Nintendo Switch and Google Stadia um, so yeah, I mean, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I'm sure you've heard about it. It's one of the most celebrated, uh, beat up games, um, you know, outside of, well, yeah, it was one of the most celebrated beat up games, um, for a while until it got, you know, delisted from every store, um, for a few years. And now it's, coming back um, in just a few days. So be on the lookout for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It's coming January 14th to PC, PlayStation 4, 
Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Google Stadia. Um, and then next up is Riders Republic. Um, and this is a game that Ubisoft announced last year at their Ubisoft Forward um, presentation. And um, as someone who enjoyed Trials Rising, um, which was a game I wasn't expecting to enjoy because I didn't play a lot of, um, or I didn't play a lot of BMX um, games and stuff like that. So I'm very much looking forward to Riders Republic, which is a game from the same developer, Ubisoft. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's coming February 25th to PC, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, the Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Google Stadia. And then next up, um, on the list is Gotham Knights which was revealed last year at DC Fandom. Um, Gotham Knights basically um, gives you the option of playing as either Red Hood, Robin, Nightwing, or Batgirl um, in a Gotham City where the Batman no longer exists because um, he died. Um, so you're basically fighting to defend Gotham City from, you know, the criminal underground that exists in the Batman universe. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to Gotham Knights and that's coming later this year to PC, PlayStation 5, PS4, um, Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One. Uh, no, um, or at the time of this recording, there's not been a release date announcement um, or an official release date announcement for any console. And there's no confirmation as of right now um, as to whether or not this game is going to come to Nintendo Switch or cloud platforms like Google Stadia. Um, so be on the lookout for Gotham Knights. Um, and I do hope that it comes to the Nintendo Switch and Google Stadia. Um, and then last up, um, is Ballin' Wonderworld. And this is a game, or this is a new IP, um, that's, uh, created by, um, one of the creators behind Sonic the Hedgehog. I believe, um, and it's a platformer, or it's an action platformer, um, and I love platformers, um, so this game definitely appeals to me, um, and it's very bright and very colorful, um, and, and, like, the characters look, um, pretty good too, so... I mean, I'm very much looking forward to Ballin' Wonderworld, um, and it's going to be um, from Square Enix um, and the Ballin' Company, which is part of Square Enix, but yeah. Um, it's coming March 26th to PC, 
PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X and S, um, the Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Um, at the time of this recording, there's no confirmation as to whether or not this game will come to Google Stadia. So, um, so if you play on Stadia like I do, um, you know, just be on the lookout for it because uh, Square Enix is definitely a uh, or is definitely a developer that um, has. Um, put games out on the platform before. Um, but yeah, Ball and Wonder World. I should probably give some honorable mentions. Um, Young Souls is a game that I'm looking forward to, um, which is coming to PC and Stadia later this year. Um, and then coming to probably coming to consoles even later than that. Um, and then Road 96 um, is a game that is coming to PC and Stadia later this year as well. And if you have an HP Omen gaming PC, then you will have exclusive features in the game um, that you wouldn't get if you had another uh, branded computer or if you built your own computer. Um, and that... And the reason why that is, is because um, HP Omen and Google Stadia both um, helped fund that game's production. So, um, yeah, so that game wouldn't have been fully realized without HP Omen and Google Stadia. So, um, so be on the lookout for Road 96. Um, and then next up is... Kaze and the Wild Masks, um, and I believe that's coming out to like all platforms um, sometime this month. I can't remember the date off the top of my head, um, but yeah, I mean it's a um, or it's a platformer game that's pretty unique, um, and I'm very much looking forward to that. So. Keep an eye out for Kaze and the Wild Masks. Um, I mean, I could be wrong on the release date, though. Um, it could be later this year, but I'm pretty sure it was this month um, when they last announced or when they last announced it. But um, next up um, is the most anticipated gaming hardware of 2021. And so for the first one, um, this is something that's been rumored for a very long time. Um, and that is, of course, the Nintendo Switch Pro. Um, I think that we should be getting it this year. But, you know, if we don't, I mean, I guess that's OK, too. I'll keep my um, I'll keep my Switch dock um in the living room for now, but like, I would love to have a Switch Pro that can output 4K um, and that can replace my um, Switch dock that's in the living room um, because, you know, I have a, I have a 64 or not 64, 65 inch 4K uh, TV in my living room. So um, I would very much like to be able to get full utilization of that resolution 
at um, or on my Nintendo Switch because literally everything else that I have hooked up to the TV can take um, full advantage of that 4K resolution except for the Switch. So um, if a Switch Pro um, can be, you know, maybe 1080p in handheld mode and 4K in docked mode, that would be amazing. Or, you know, maybe it may just be a docked only Switch. I mean, we've had, um, you know, the Switch Lite that um, is handheld only. And then the regular Switch, um, you can switch between handheld and um, docked mode. And so um, for the Switch Pro, like, it wouldn't shock me if that was a you know, docked only or TV only mode. Um, and I would, you know, or I would play that, uh, or I would play that console nonetheless. Um, I think that would be very awesome. Um, but yeah, Nintendo switch pro, um, I will definitely be on the lookout for that. And then next up is the Atari VCS. Um, and so, you know, uh, Kickstarter backers were early in getting this console, so it's already out um, right now. But, um, I mean, and I was thinking of backing it myself, but um, being a Kickstarter, um, or was it Indiegogo? Or being a crowdfunded console, um, I wasn't sure that it was going to see the light of day. But um, now that it is seeing the light of day and it has things like PC mode where you can um, load your own operating system into it, um, that makes it um, a lot more attractive to someone like me um, who likes um, putting their own operating systems on things like, um, as a kid, I would put, or I would breathe new life into old computers by, um, installing Linux on them, um, particularly Ubuntu Linux. Um, I mean, but now that I, or now that so much of my life, um, is in the cloud, I could definitely see myself um, installing Chrome OS onto the Atari VCS, which will be good for running things like Google Stadia, um, NVIDIA GeForce Now, um, and maybe Xbox Game Pass, uh, maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm pretty excited for the Atari VCS, um, and that will be coming out later this year. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it um, and telling you guys more about it. Um, and then uh, my most anticipated gaming trend of 2021 um, is, well, one, more people getting access to the new generation of consoles. So the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S because over the holidays, um, scalpers and bots were just scooping up all of them 
Um, and that unfortunately left regular people shit out of luck um, for getting these consoles. So, um, yeah, I do hope that more people will be able to get their hands on them. Um, and so, and including myself, um, I haven't uh, gotten a PS5 or an Xbox Series X yet. But um, I hope to get one uh, soon. But um, if I mean if I don't, I may just end up waiting until the mid-generation refresh. Um, and so yeah. Um, and the next uh, gaming trend of 2021 that I'm very much looking forward to is cloud gaming becoming more accessible. Um, and now like with, uh, or what your favorite gaming influencers and journalists may say, um, that, you know, or they may like to, you know, pretend like, um, like Microsoft is the only game in town. Um, but that just simply isn't the case. Um, I mean, we have Google Stadia. We have Amazon Luna, we have uh, Microsoft X Cloud, and we have NVIDIA GeForce Now. So, like, especially in 2020, uh, cloud gaming really uh, took off um, and more and more players entered the space. And I think that's good for everybody. Um, and so some of the ways that cloud gaming will becoming or will become more accessible is like for um let's start with google or for instance let's start with google stadia um stadia will be expanding into more countries or at least i hope they will be um and then also getting google and android tv support which i talked about in the previous um segment so if you missed that um, you know, rewind, um, and go back to that segment, but, but yeah, um, I'm very much, um, look, or I'm very much anticipating, um, Stadia, um, expanding into more countries so that more and more people will get to try it out. Um, and also getting Google and Android TV support so I can finally bust out that uh, Chromecast with Google TV and hook it up to my living room TV because Stadia support is the only thing that's keeping me from using the uh, Chromecast with Google TV in the living room or in my living room. So, um, yeah. Um, there's that. And then also, um, I'm anticipating Luna or Amazon Luna, um, exiting beta and expanding into more countries. Um, that is something that's definitely, um, been desired by a lot of people. Um, and so, you know, Luna, um, has been in beta since October um, and, uh, you know, they have a pretty, they have a pretty decent amount of games, um, that you can subscribe, 
um, and play. Um, there is no um, ability to purchase games on Luna at the time of this recording. Um, but I hope they add that option soon um, because some people would just like to own those games um, and not have to worry about them potentially rotating out. Um, and then also um, with the expansion into more countries, um, like I said, with Stadia, um, you know, expanding into more countries makes it more accessible to more people. So I'm very much looking forward to Luna being um, accessible to more people as a valid uh, cloud gaming option. And yeah, um, so next up is xCloud. Um, I'm very much uh, looking forward to it arriving on Windows in particular because I have this Surface Laptop 3 that I'm recording on right now um, that I'm not able to play xCloud on at the time of this recording. Um, and I hope that changes soon. Um, so very much looking forward to xCloud arriving on Windows as well as iOS because um, that allows more and more people to uh, get access to xCloud. Um, and then also um, smart TVs. Um, I imagine they'll probably partner with Samsung first since um, Microsoft and Samsung already have a partnership. Um, it just makes a lot of sense for them to um, start out with uh, Samsung TVs and maybe um, expand um, that into more TV operating systems later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people like gaming on TVs and, you know, maybe don't want to get a uh, $300 to $500 console. So yeah, I mean, it, it would make sense for Xbox to be on smart TVs. Um, and last but not least for xCloud, um, integration with Facebook gaming. Uh, so shortly after the closure of Mixer last year, Xbox announced that um, they would be partnering with Facebook Gaming to allow uh, people to jump right into uh, Xbox games while um, while watching their favorite streamer play on uh, Facebook Gaming. And uh, Facebook Gaming, I mean, look, no matter what your feelings are on Facebook, you can't deny that Facebook does have a massive user base. And so um, being able to just jump in to um, your favorite Xbox game from watching your favorite streamer stream it on Facebook gaming, like that's huge. That is just huge. Um, and I cannot stress that enough. Um, and um, now I don't know whether uh, the integration with Facebook gaming would just be, you know, surface level, like allowing, you know, the click to play feature similar to Google Stadia, 
or whether um, it'll go deeper than that, um, like integrating equivalents of Stadia's crowd play and crowd choice, which allow or which crowd play allows people to play with their favorite streamers um, in the same game um, during the same uh, session that they're streaming. Um, and then crowd choice allows the audience to make decisions in the game for a streamer based um, on the game that they're streaming. So um, I don't know what xCloud's um, integration with Facebook gaming is going to be, but um, I am interested in seeing what that looks like. Um, and yeah. That's going to do it for this segment. Um, do you have anything that you're most anticipating in gaming for this year? Um, are you interested in any of the titles that I mentioned or any of the things that I mentioned? Is there something different um, that I didn't mention um, that you're more interested in um, in 2021 in terms of gaming? Let me know. Um, on social media or on Discord. Um, I'll have an all, all my links link in the show notes um, where you can um, find me on social or where you can find Cells and Circuits on social media um, and on Discord. And yeah, um, we can continue the conversation there. But that is going to do it for this topic. Thank you so much for listening to the Cells and Circuits podcast, the place for tunes, tech, and where they intersect. Let me know what you think of any of the topics discussed on social media or on Discord via the All My Links profile linked in the show notes. If you like this content, share it on social media and give it a review to help more people find it. If you want to see even more content just like this, Consider supporting Cells and Circuits on Coffee or visiting the Cells and Circuits shop. The Cells and Circuits podcast was written, produced, and edited by me, Chibeze Anacor, and our intro and outro and transition music was made by Tiffy3. That'll do it for this episode, so until next time, I'm Chibeze, signing off. <laughs>